We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When it's too tough for them, it's just right for us. Where would you rather be than right here, right now? The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. Bills make me wanna. You know, the biggest difference with Coach McDermott is he, he brings energy, he brings passion. And he's really uh, stressing, you know, the football team loving one another. Mm-hmm. He's really big onto, you know, guys getting to know each other, um, building that winning culture, and um, you know, he, he's very passionate. He's a former wrestler. He, he brings a lot, of, a lot of good things to the table. And I'm most excited about, uh, you know, the, the winning culture that we're forming. And he, he's doing a bunch of cool activities, like having guys get up and speak in front of the team and yeah. talk about why football is important to them. And I'm learning more about my teammates that I've played with for the last two seasons. And in a couple weeks in Buffalo than I've known for the last two years. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Rock Bell Report podcast. I am your host, Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. To my right is my producer, Chris Krueger. And joining us tonight, from the Huddle TV show, Ryan Lasel. Laisel, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Happy to talk Bills with you. How are you? How's everybody doing over there? Fantastic. We are great over here. I just, I've got some whiskey on the rocks. We're getting deep into this thing. i got a bucket of beer to my left. And I'll be honest, there's some stuff happening. Literally, as we are sitting down to this table to record, it, it's going to make me hustle right into it. Here we go with this week's Bills News Update. There is breaking news as of five minutes before we literally hit the record button. And I need you all to pay attention. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cardale Jones! Cardale Jones, ladies and gentlemen, has been traded to the Los Angeles Chargers. It feels weird even saying Los Angeles Chargers. Son son of a bitch, it's still San Diego. This literally just happened as we were sitting down to record tonight's podcast. The Buffalo Bills have have officially traded Cardale Jones to the San Diego Chargers for a conditional draft pick. Now, before we really get into the conversation about this trade, I want to play some audio from you that 
Chris so graciously dug deep. I mean, he he has a certain. It's like a he's he's like Rain Man when it comes to this podcast. We from heard our fifth episode. From our fifth episode ever, we didn't even have Cardale. Cardale Jones was still a college player when I said the following: there, Cardale Jones, for all the hype about him, he's big, but he can't read the defense. You saw it last week in Indiana. That's why the Hoosiers almost beat him. The guy was rolling out, looking, ducking. He's ducking sacks, and he's bobbing and weaving in the pocket. But at the end of the day, if you're not a good quarterback, you can't hit those open receivers in stride. So he doesn't throw the ball. He just keeps pump faking. His NFL draft stock is dropping. Yeah. And to all the all the people out there who said, "Oh, the Bills would have drafted Cardell Jones," if he's, that's that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You keep Cardell Jones the hell away from my football team. I don't ever want to see him in a Bills uniform. That was Drew Gear circa what 2015? Yeah, two, two years ago. Two before years we ago. even drafted him, you we were like, "He's crap." So I, but I'll tell you, I warmed up to the idea of him. But then you and I went and watched him play at training camp. Couldn't hit sand if he fell off a camel. The guy was overthrowing stationary just ball boys in the end zone who weren't moving. He was overthrowing and underthrowing them. Ultimately, I, was, I wasn't a fan then. Warmed up, then lost my faith after I saw it with my own two eyes. I'm just glad to see that going with my gut pays off. I'm just glad that the Bills gave Cardale to have a chance to be somebody elsewhere. He's going to L.A. Anthony Lynn is the head coach. No, that's a good point. You, talk, you figure here's the guy who wanted him to be the starter. Week 17 when he took over as the de facto head coach and he, he wanted to see what Cardell had. He clearly had an interest in the player. So it's, it's not a shock to see that he ends up with him. Ultimately. I mean, you look at what's been going on out in San Diego, their death charts a mess. They just brought in Robert Griffin, the third and by all accounts, were not impressed by what they saw with him, which is what led them to trade for Cardale Jones rather than sign RG three. That's how bad things have gotten out in San Diego. They are scrambling for options to flesh out their quarterback depth chart. It's it's bad, but good for Cardale that he's going to work with a coach who, by all accounts, says, I mean, you can Google it. His quote was that, according to Anthony Lynn, you'd love to have a quarterback like Cardale Jones on the runway, ready to step in, ready to be developed. He likes he likes that quarterback, and so it's not a shock to me that that trade got made. It's just, it's surprising to see it happen. But then again, when you look at it, you have Cardale, old regime, Peterman, new regime. You know, what position battles did we think going into camp were going to be the most interesting to watch? And quarterback number three was was one of my picks. Because you take a look at what we have on the depth chart, there's a log jam there. You've got a previous regime's draft pick, a developmental draft pick. You've got your current regime's developmental draft pick. Then you've got TJ Yates, who is, you know, he's run Rick Dennison's offense before. He knows how to play under him. He's, he's got more playoff appearances than anybody on the roster right now. He is your de facto backup quarterback. So what that said to me is that there was going to be some competition for that third spot there. And... You know, how do you split up snaps enough to get a feel for who a guy is or what he is? Honestly, I think this is a good move for the Bills because 
I feel like I'm, I mean, and I could be wrong. Maybe they go out and sign somebody else tomorrow to take another, four, you know, a fourth quarterback position. But ultimately, I think that it's a good thing to have as many snaps given to T.J. Yates, Nathan Peterman, and Tyrod Taylor as possible. I don't want to see them rotating fewer balls. What they need is more, especially when you're installing a new offense. So I think just for sheer volume of snaps through training count, uh, training camp, having having those guys splitting it three ways instead of four ways is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think you know what snaps Tyrod Taylor is going to get. I mean, he's a starting quarterback, so he's going to get starting quarterback reps. Mm-hmm. I don't expect T.J. Yates to see many of those uh, those starting reps. I think what this does is this sets the table, and I, I talked about this on, on GR when I was on with Nate Geary, is I think now there's a sneaky possibility that they only t- keep two quarterbacks going into the season depending on how Nate Peterman plays. I mean, if Nate Peterman comes out and plays well, he's going to see increased snaps now with Cardell Jones gone. You know what you have in T.J. Yates. He's a solid guy who's going to come in, run the offense. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to do anything super special. He is what he is. I mean, you know, you talk about a veteran presence. Well, Tyrod's been in the league seven years now. So, I mean, he's about as veteran a presence as you can get in the the quarterback room. And he's run Rick Dennison's offense before as well. So, you know, you don't you wonder what T.J. Yates's value is if a guy like Nate Peterman comes out and plays well enough for them to feel comfortable with him spot starting i wouldn't be surprised to see them cut down to two quarterbacks because you've got other areas of need on the team that you could justify keeping a seventh cornerback or a fifth safety or a sixth linebacker to play special teams and create depth at those positions that you're really not sure if you've got a a, you know a, a, a firm starter at some of those positions no it's a very good point and the other like the last thing that i keep it just keeps popping into my head here there was a quarterback whose name was being floated around the other day. And for the life of me, I can't think of it right now that I'm sitting here in front of the microphone and I've just I've got a beer in one hand so I can't operate the Google machine. But there was a quarterback out of Germany in the German Football League. He's Mario? <laughs> Mario. No, not our friend Mario. No, there, there's a guy in Germany who is, a, by all accounts, a phenom in their, in their league. His team has been highly competitive with him as their quarterback. It's kind of like an offshoot of what NFL Europe was. And the Bills were kind of, it, it was rumored and it was kind of floated out there that the Bills were talking to him and his people, kind of kicking the tires just to see what his plans are. This almost kind of sets the table for me in a sense. You could bring a guy like that over. I don't think anyone else would make a waiver claim for him. You could probably sneak him onto a practice squad for a year just to give you a third quarterback body if the scenario that you're talking about where TJH doesn't make the roster. If that comes to fruition, you can still hide a third quarterback on your practice squad somewhere. You know, if you, yeah, I mean, if you were to take a look at that type of a player. Right, exactly. And I mean, I think I think regardless of how this shakes out, whether they keep three quarterbacks or two, I think you're going to see a quarterback added to the practice squad. I just think that, you know, to, to have only three quarterbacks, I say only, but I mean, you know, really only three quarterbacks. And, and you could argue TJ Yates is an illegitimate starter in the NFL. So. I think you see a practice squad guy added when cuts come down and, you know, whether it's the guy from Germany or whether it's somebody else, um, you'll see a quarterback added to this to this roster at some point down the line. Absolutely. I mean, this is hey breaking stuff, guys. Haven't really had a chance to parse my way through it all. We don't know what the pick is in return, but like Lacey said, it really pro- it probably doesn't matter. You know, now, because at the end of the day, we're getting something where we could have gotten nothing. So last week you joined Nate Geary who was our previous guest from our last show, you actually joined him in studio on air for, to do a... Uh, Sports Talk Saturday. Sports Talk Saturday with him. What was that experience like for you? 
Yeah, it's a, it's actually the second time that Nate's had me in studio, and you know it's always a cool experience. You know, you listen to guys like like Bulldog and Shope and you know Howard Simon and Jeremy White and and Nate and Sal on on WGR, and it's always you know you never know kind of what to expect, and um, you know it's it's a really cool atmosphere. You walk in and it's a legitimate studio with you know soundboards, and I mean I you know I'm used to sitting in front of a camera and taping a television show, so it's totally out of my realm of comfort but um you know it was a great experience and certainly the honor of being on a a station like wgr might not seem like much to some people but to to those of us who are you know kind of grinding away and trying to make ourselves legitimate you know members of the media or whatever the case Mm -hmm. it's it's a huge deal and it's it's you know i thank nate for for doing it and um you know we're talking about you know maybe me jumping on during camp nate's going to be out there doing Mm -hmm. some shows live at at, um you know at camp at st john fisher so That'll be a cool experience as well. And, um, you know, it's always great to talk bills. I'll kind of take any forum to do that that they hand to me. So just extra extra cool to kind of sit in the chair that you listen to a lot of these guys talking throughout the day. Now, I wanted to call in when you guys were do- – I knew I had heard that you were going to be on the show. And I wanted to call in because Nate and I had a discussion last week, a long one, talking about Adolphus Washington. Okay, he's next on my list of, uh, you know, items here on my news list. I'm looking here now. Adolphus Washington. We discussed the topic on our last show that his, you know, his arrested is what it is. You've got a guy who's got a firearm. He's licensed to carry it, and yet he's not doing so in the most intelligent fashion. The only reason I'm mentioning it tonight is because we already discussed it, and I want to pick your brain about it. Today, he pled not guilty in court. His plan is to fight this thing, and I have. I, I mean, I honestly believe this whole situation will blow over. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, and, and Nate and I got a chance to talk about this as well. Um, I, I think you look at the situation, and it's a fortunate situation for Adolphus. He's, he's kind of been making some bonehead decisions, you know, going back to his days at Ohio State. Um, you know, everything up to the point where he decided to keep the gun in his lap was about as bad a decision as he could have made. Mm-hmm. After that point, he handled things about as well as you could have expected somebody to handle it. I mean, he was mm-hmm. respectful. He was, you know, quite upfront and honest with the cop. He was you know, as, as respectful and, and, you know, he, he saw what that situation could have turned into and what we've seen these situations turn into, uh, in our country over the last year to two years, it, it could have gone a lot worse. Um, the question that I have really is, is not outside of the character. I think it does Adolphus Washington have a spot on this defense. And I think that's really the question that you need to ask. He was drafted to be a three, four defensive end. And, and, you know, with him having to move inside to a legitimate three technique defensive tackle, I think that's the transition he's going to have the most trouble with when, when this is all said and done, I think McDermott's going to look at things and say, you know what, you were respectful. You were honest. You handled things about as well as you could. You made a stupid decision, but you owned up to it. Um, and kind of sweep things under the rug as long as he doesn't make another mistake after this. Um, I just think he's going to struggle making the roster just because I, I don't think he fits on this defense. So that's really the more of the concern that he needs to have. Well, see, in that, I'm glad you brought that up because this is what uh, – here's next on my list of items for discussion here, Ryan. This week, veteran, veteran free agent uh, visits to One Bill's Drive have been in vogue this week. So there's been a lot of faces coming and going. Some of them are bigger stories than others. But since we're talking about it, you would think, you know, apparently you would think that the guy just being drafted last season, that that would be enough to warrant, you know, he would have a safe spot on this roster. You know, you're talking about a guy who was drafted in the top, you know, if you're one of the first 96, 97, 98 picks 
usually your roster spot's safe for more than one season. You know, after that, it can get dicey. Guys get cut after a few years. So to see the list of veteran free agents that got brought in for visits, it's kind of interesting. And this is why. You look at three of the defensive players that were brought in. First off, Leger Doosable. Now, he's a defensive tackle, played for Buffalo in 2016, and finished with one and a half sacks and 24 tackles. We've watched him play. He's not a bad player, but he is nothing more than a rotational body. And that was in the 3-4 defense. So he may not even be a scheme fit. Then you've got Roy Miller at defensive tackle. He played for Jacksonville in 2016. Tore his Achilles, though, after just six games. Never really got to see the field. But in 2015, he had four sacks and 22 tackles, which is pretty good if you're talking about a rotational defensive tackle, a backup type guy. And then Devin Still, once again, a defensive tackle, former second round pick. He, you know, he's played for the Bengals and Texans, but I think the biggest news about him was more about his daughter's fight with cancer than it was but him actually being an effective player on the field. Now, I don't know if what was going on behind the scenes in his life had something to do with that, but ultimately... The interesting thing here isn't so much the players they brought in here on the defensive side of the ball, first and foremost. They're not world beaters, and if they were, they'd be signed already. The the intriguing thing to me is the fact that they all play the defensive tackle position. You've got a guy who just got drafted on your roster who is plugged in as, you know, you when you look at the depth chart at first glance, you'd assume he's got to be your number three or number four rotational D tackle behind Darius and Kyle Williams. Yet here they are on the week of training camp, especially after this type of an incident, kicking the tires on some veteran free agent defensive tackles. I, I mean, what do you make of that? Uh, I mean, I make that it's not a good situation for Adolphus Washington to make this football team. I mean, they clearly I would even have looking at the depth chart as it stands. I'd probably have Jarrell Worthy getting rotations above Washington right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Washington's going to have to make some strides in his game in order to make this team. You think about what a 4-3 defensive tackle and three technique is being asked to do versus a 3-4 defensive end playing, you know, a five technique. It's night and day different. So, and Adolphus Washington, he's a guy that I don't know if he's big enough to make the transition inside. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's, you know, he's not really a power kind of guy. You think of, of what this defensive tackle situation looks like with Marcel Darius and Kyle Williams. Mm-hmm. They're both power rush guys. I mean, they're guys who just kind of overpower you or hold the line and kind of make the running game go around them or, or things like that. But I think right now, Adolphus Washington's fighting an uphill battle. And just the fact that the team's already bringing in defensive tackles before you've even taken a snap in training camp, I think that speaks volumes for where they feel this defensive line depth is, uh, specifically defensive tackle position. I think they're fine at defensive end. Defensive tackle, I think they're going to have to add one more body um, because they're going to find that guys like Adolphus Washington just can't make the transition to a 4-3. Ryan, is there a chance that Adolphus Washington could get traded for a conditional pick. (laughs) I mean, there's always the possibility. You just just, saw what Brandon Bean was able to do with Cardell Jones. I mean, if you look at the guys, Cardell Jones or Adolphus Washington, who's more likely to get traded? I think everyone up until about an hour ago would have said Adolphus Washington. Just because Cardell Jones is such a project quarterback and has shown absolutely nothing in practice up until this point to warrant somebody thinking they can turn him into anything. So, I mean, Adolphus Washington, sure, if you're looking for a, a coach that needs a 
a three, four defensive end. I think Adolphus Washington's got to be an attractive guy. He's young. He was a high draft pick for a reason. And, you know, maybe you can turn him into something, whether it's a sixth or seventh round pick. I think it's better than cutting him at the seven, you know, at the 53 man cut down and, mm-hmm. and losing him for nothing. No, you're absolutely right. And I feel like, like I said, I just have this gut feeling. I don't think any of these, any of these guys could actually be in a fair one-on-one competition in training camp with Adolphus Washington. I mean, coming out of coming out of college, he was supposed to be that penetrating one-gap defensive lineman, and he was kind of, I don't, I don't want to say miscast in a three-four defense, but in my opinion. But I think that this role that they're asking him to play could suit him if he's on the roster and if he can be effective in that role, if he can pick it up and learn it. But at the same time, you're talking the fact that they're like you said, the fact they're kicking the tires on other guys and he hasn't seen a single practice yet is not a good sign. It's not a good sign by any stretch of the imagination. Didn't he have like a high ranking among like rookies against the run? Yeah, early on last- in the season last year, he was very, he was one of the top rookies in the NFL against the run. As a defensive Yeah, but lineman. I think I think they're concerned about his fade. He faded bad. Oh, he faded so year. hard. That's what gave Jarrell Worthy his playing time. And that's why so Jarrell Worthy showed pretty well last year and he's looked according to all reports, he's looked pretty explosive so far this yeah. offseason during the workouts and stuff. It'll be interesting to see what happens obviously when the pads come on, but right now, like you said, Worthy seems to be penciled ahead of him. It's gonna be interesting to see if he survives this this offseason here with the Buffalo Bills. Now, we're going to go to an end. We're talking about free agent visits. Obviously, we'd be remiss not to talk about the most notable one of the free agent visits. And that was wide receiver Anquan Bolden. He came in on Monday, met with the team, actually was spotted at UB Orthopedics over at the University of Buffalo getting what I assume is a physical. I'll say this. A lot has been stated about the state of our wide receiver depth chart. There's a lot of people out there who are worried that going into training camp, we just simply don't have enough talent at that position. And, I mean, the front office has said all the right things as far as them having faith in the guys that they've put on the roster and that they like our group and that there's going to be a lot of competition. I think the fact that they've shown so much interest in players like first Jeremy Macklin and now Anquan Bolden, it just shows that they are clearly interested in upgrading that position if it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at a guy like Anquan Bolden and what he was able to do last year for the Detroit Lions, I, I think, and even the Jeremy Macklin situation as well, I don't know that it's so much indicative of them being uncomfortable with the wide receiver depth. I think it's more that they feel that these guys are kind of luxury options at this point. They've got cap room. If we can add a guy like Anquan Bolden or add a guy like Jeremy Macklin, why not? Because they just make our wide receiver group better. I don't, I don't, I'm not too worried about this wide receiver group one through three right now. You get into number four and you start talking about a guy like Philly Brown or maybe a, um, you know, a Rod Street or something along those lines. That's not a terrible option to have as your number four wide receiver. I think what Anquan Bolden w- would have been interesting to see, and Nate, Nate and I talked about this on WGR, I think Bolden would have been interesting to see if they would have uh, helped out with the lack of tight end depth because mm-hmm. you look at what Bolden did in, in, for the Lions is he worked a lot of those slot routes those short intermediate over the middle routes that you kind of ask tight ends to do typically um, and this team is not deep at tight end whatsoever I mean anytime you're talking about you know Nick O'Leary seeing significant playing time baby hands worry. Yeah. baby hands O'Leary 
yeah, I mean, I think you have to worry about what that says about your tight end depth. Um, and the fact that there's nobody behind O'Leary um, makes me even more concerned. You're talking about guys like Jason Kroom and mm-hmm. uh, Keith Tobridge and, you know, a converted quarterback in Logan Thomas. Um, yeah. I think Anquan Bolden would have done a good job in covering up some of those deficiencies. And then you talk about what he would have been able to do with a guy like Zay Jones, where, you know, Bolden is kind of a similar guy to Zay Jones, not size wise, but the fact that he's never been one to just run by anybody. And Zay isn't going to run by anybody. He's going to have to get beat guys off the line with physicality, with initial movements, with, you know, jab steps and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Bolden, I think, would have helped him learn those moves because there's not really anybody on the roster right now that can teach him how to beat guys off the line of scrimmage unless you can just run by him like Sammy and, and Andre Holmes can do and things like that. So I think it would have done well for the wide receiver core, certainly not out of the realm of possibilities that he's going to sign with Buffalo still. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to go to Baltimore. That's just, that's just my feeling on the situation. See, now I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that everyone needs to, just like the Macklin thing, you're talking about a team that the, the Ravens, when they're healthy, still view themselves as being good enough defensively that they can contend for a playoff spot. They, they, they go into that every single season with that mentality. They've, they're short on offensive weapons at the wide receiver position. I mean, outside, they, they lost their best receiver of the last two seasons to retirement. Then I, all they're left with is, what's his face? Uh, what? Mike Wallace? Mike Wallace. Well, before the Macklin signing, they had Brashad Perryman, Mike Wallace, and five journeymen. Now yeah. they've added Macklin. I wouldn't be shocked if Bolden just to say, hey, I want to play for a contender one more time or two more times before I hang it up, doesn't go back to the place where he won his only Super Bowl ring. I would not be shocked. He's got a history with Joe Flacco. I get it. It would all make sense to me. Here's what I see as far as what's that? The scary thing you named off who their options were at the wide receiver position last year. They threw the ball more than any other team in the NFL last year. Well, that's because and he wasn't thr- he that, wasn't throwing the ball to anyone. That's because their running back stable was decimated by injuries, and then again, they just lost their rookie draft pick from last year. Kenneth Dixon, yeah, yeah Kenneth Dixon season. out for the season. They're going to be a team that once again struggles to run the football, which is going to force them to be a passing offense. And I think they ran into that last year and realized we don't have the horses to sustain this type of offensive attack if we're relying on. Guys who on any other team in football wouldn't be a number three. They'd be a number five receiver. Yeah, and that, that's why I was—I never thought that Macklin was a realistic opportunity for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, when you talk about being down to Buffalo or Baltimore, you know, where are you going to go? Are you going to go to a team that has a number one in Sammy Watkins, just drafted a rookie in Zay Jones, and throws the ball maybe 30 times a game? But, but or are you also- going to go to— yeah, I mean, or are you going to go to a team that doesn't have a number one and throws the ball 50 times a game? Well, uh, I'm going to go to the catch 50 balls a game and, you know, see what kind of shakes out from there. I mean, I, I don't know how to feel about this because I'm, I, I const- I'm straddling the fence here. I mean, I look at the pros and the cons. For, Anquan Bolden is a 14-year NFL veteran. I mean, he's not a spring chicken. He's not. He was never a dynamic athlete when he was in his prime. You know what I mean? He was a big physical possession receiver who was a lot tougher and maybe a little bit quicker than people gave him credit for. But even as he put on some great performances when he won the Super Bowl ring with the Ravens. Okay. I see why you view him as a boost to a depth chart. I mean, first and foremost, he's played more games in his career than our top three wide receivers combined in their careers. He had 202 games under his belt 
versus a shared 145 amongst our next season's top three, if you, if you look at the depth chart right now. He's durable. He's played in 14 games a season every single year except for one out of his entire career. And the, I think the biggest thing that you'd get from a guy like Anquan Bolden is that when you lost Robert Woods, you lost your best run-blocking wide receiver. He's a physical guy who can get in and especially from the slot can run block on safeties, on sometimes linebackers, on smaller cornerbacks. He can really throw his weight around. And that's that would be a huge boost to our rushing attack because we're going to need somebody to step up in that role. But then at the same time, I look at his numbers and I they're, they're kind of deceiving. I mean, I, I dug a little bit deeper into him today. He was a monster in the red zone last year for the Lions. He scored eight touchdowns. Pro Football Focus gave him a grade of 70.3, which made him the 70th best wide receiver out of 129 who took at least 250 snaps. He's not an upper echelon wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, when you break it down the numbers, he did all of his damage from the slot. That's where seven of his eight touchdowns came from. And he was the ninth most efficient slot receiver, which was boosted by his touchdowns. But as far as yards per route from the slot, he was the 19th best wide slot wide receiver in the NFL. I just think that that's the place where we drafted Zay Jones to play, right? You just spent a you traded up to spend a second round pick on a wide receiver to play the slot for you because well, he's not the fastest guy in the world, he's shifty enough that he should be able to get open in the scheme that you foresee him playing in. So why would you, I mean, I feel like you'd almost be stunting his growth by bringing in a guy like Bolden, taking snaps away from him in training camp, really not giving him the opportunity to see everything he needs to see and experience everything he needs to experience. I, I mean, what do you think on that front? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think bringing in Bolden was, again, an opportunity to, to, for this front office to look at things and say, if we can bring a guy like this in, why not? This close to training camp, he's a veteran. He's run a Rick Dennison offense. He's played with Tyrod Taylor. He's a guy who could come right in and make an impact right away. Um, they're not gonna. They weren't gonna look to him to be, you know, uh, a 120 catch guy opposite of, of Sammy Watkins. I think anyone who thought that he was gonna come in and be a, a world beater is is kind of losing sight of, of who he is at this point in his career. Um, he was going to come in and just kind of be again. I think that they were looking at him to cover up some of the deficiencies of the deficiencies of the tight end position. I don't think he was going to take that's a fair route take. away from Zay Jones. I think he was coming in to give them another dimension of versatility to the offense to say, okay, we've got, you know, let's, let's look at this offense and we've got Sammy Watkins, Zay Jones, Anquan Bolden, Charles Clay, Andre Holmes, LaShawn McCoy, Patrick DeMarco, who can all split out wide, good luck. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a mismatch nightmare on your hands with at least two of those spots. Um, and just kind of add that versatility. They can go trips on one side with a single coverage on the other side. They can split everybody out. They can throw two guys in the backfield and, you know, three wide receiver sets and just kind of move guys around. I think it was just purely a another body to go make catches who would need zero learning curve because of his familiarity with both the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. No, that's the, no. Those are great points, and you know what? I never thought about the tight end angle. So, see, here you are educating me. That's why I love getting other people in the room with me to butt heads about football. That no football. That no football. You forgot the key, <laughs> Chris. The Chris, key, I love you. The key phrase. You. But this is this is good stuff. And then I, I think that we do have to discuss the one veteran free agent that actually came in and did get signed, and that is our buddy 
old familiar Bakari Rambo. I, I mean, it's it's incredible. You can't. He's like a cockroach. You can't kill this guy. <laughs> he's like he's actually sort of like the actual Rambo. They just signed announced that they had signed Bakari Rambo to a one year contract, barring a physical. And so if everything goes down the way it's supposed to, he's not the best safety in the world. Okay, I'll say that first and foremost. Is he a starter on any team in the NFL? Probably not. I don't love him in zone. I just feel like he doesn't have good recovery speed in coverage. That's where his downfall is. He's he, he can do his zone defense okay. He can kind of play the ball in the air okay. I mean, people who remember the Aaron Rodgers game here in Buffalo about three years ago when he picked off Aaron Rodgers three times in one game. He can play his zone defense pretty well. If you ask him to play kind of a middle to shallow kind of a zone role, but he doesn't have deep speed and he doesn't have good recovery speed. So asking him to play a man coverage in safety is a bad idea. And I think that's why he kind of, it's why he lost his role here in Buffalo because the team realized he just wasn't good enough at that. And that's what that scheme called for. But I will say that I, I'm a huge fan of his signing because he brings with him not only experience and solid special teams ability, but he's an experienced body to our defensive backfield that was begging, begging for additional depth. Because as of Monday morning, our third safety was some guy named Shamil Gary. Who? Who? What? What? Shamil? Shamil? I'm sorry. It's not ringing any bells for anybody over here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, and especially with the news today that Colt Anderson's now on the pup list. I mean, I think it makes complete sense that they bring in a guy like Rambo. I mean, Rambo can play center field, and that's kind of what they're looking for, but he's also a guy who's not afraid to stick his nose into the run game. Um, so just adding to that versatility that uh, Coach McDermott loves to see on his defense. Um, you know, he's R- Rambo is a less physical Jordan Poyer, and I think Poyer's got a little bit more ball sense in, 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 in the sense that he can, you know, he's going to get behind. He's not going to let anyone get deeper than him, which is kind of what your role for the free safety is in a, in a cover three scheme. But, I mean, Rambo plays special teams. He plays a good center field. He's a ball hawk. He's a guy that's going to go get the ball. He's going to attack, which is kind of what you want out of your safety. Is what, that's why Ed Reed made you know, a Hall of Fame, arguably one of the best safeties ever to play the game, because he attacked the ball when it was in the air. And that's something you've seen out of Rambo. Yeah, that's going to lead to some mistakes. And you know, Ed Reed didn't make a lot of mistakes because he was the most athletic person on the field anytime he stepped out there. That's not Rambo, but he's going to attack the ball. He's, he's Again, he's going to step up in the run game when he needs to, and they're not going to ask him to play man-to-man. I think you know, in situations where there's going to be a man-to-man situation, you're going to see them try to move things around so that Micah Hyde or um, you know, even maybe like a Kevon Seymour wind up in that man-to-man matchup as opposed to one of their safeties in Jordan Poyer or in uh, Bakari Rambo. Well, and that's, I, th- those, are, those are great points. I guess for me personally, I just look at this as we had a depth chart that was screaming for, it was a screaming need heading into the post, I don't even know why I just said postseason, heading into training camp. When you when you think about it, safety is a position where guys do get injured. You know what I mean? You look at a guy like Colt Anderson. Colt Anderson really was signed to be a spe, our special teams ace. You know, after you lose a guy like... Um, Who's the wide receiver there that broke his kneecap? Marcus Easley. Marcus Easley. Yep. When you lose your special teams aces like that, you need guys to play those roles. Colt Anderson was brought in to do that. He hasn't been healthy ever since we signed him. You know, he's going to start camp on the pup list. He can't go. 
And at the same time, now you look at it, okay, now we need a guy who can contribute on special teams, who can also come in in a pinch and play safety in the event of an injury. I mean, safeties are asked to do a lot of things. I mean, you look at what Micah Hyde did for the Green Bay Packers. It's incredible. I mean, he was a Swiss Army knife, but he was asked to do a lot of different things. And those guys, when you put them in the box, they have a much higher risk of injury. It, you know, it, when, when you ask them to play near the line of scrimmage, when you ask them to, you know, not just play the ball in the deep quarter, but be in the box, act as, you know, sometimes they're ta- taking on bigger running backs. Sometimes they're taking on bigger wide receivers. So maybe Gronk, <laughs> Gronk. So you have to have depth at safety, and we just didn't have it. So this signing of Bakari Rambo really kind of puts us in a good spot heading into training camp because it gives us a little more depth and a little more competition and some coverage as far as special teams and actual playing ability is concerned. Well, let me ask you this: because Bakari was here with Patton, mm-hmm. how? What's the correlation with what? Well, Frazier, I don't think there's any correlation. I just think that he was trying to do. I just think that he was a guy who proved he could play zone defense when asked. And they run a zone defense, especially with their safeties. So they saw him as, hey, he's a veteran option. He's available. He's got it. I don't even know that his experience here played a real role. But the fact is, he's here in a Bills uniform now. And like I said, going into camp, I'm a little, I feel a little bit better about our safety depth going into training camp. Now, training camp, that's where Ryan Lazel really makes his bread and butter. Now, Ryan, first and foremost... You're going to spend a lot of time on the sideline, correct? Yeah. So, uh, you know, had the opportunity last season to get media passes for training camp and for regular season games and continuing that this year. And we've actually, uh, between Icy, my partner, and myself, we're uh, amping things up. And we're going to be either one or both of us will be at every practice, uh, training camp practice this, this summer. So we're pretty excited about that. That's awesome. So you're going to get a lot of time on the sideline. I guess one of my questions I want to ask you is, I know we just brought in a new PR director. What kind of an effect have you seen or have you seen any change from last year to this year as far as the schedule, as far as the you know media rules and restrictions? Is there anything on that that you might be able to tell us? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the media restrictions are pretty much what they are, what they were last season. Um, you're still going to see, if you go out to training camp, you're still going to see certain times of the practice where people are going to be able to take pictures and um you know and then they kind of come around and say okay guys photo time is over because we're getting into the team drills they don't really want anybody taking pictures of the team drills for obvious reasons you know offensive and defensive formation things like that um there's been kind of i've noticed a little bit more freedom on the sidelines for the for the media uh during otas and things like that we're kind of able to roam a little bit more whereas last season it seemed like we were kind of restricted between you know, the 20 and the 20, and you couldn't really go to end zones and, and things like that. So a little bit more freedom on that side, um, a little bit more media friendly, uh, the new PR director seems to be. Um, but I think what's what's really telling is the change in the times of practices. It's not necessarily the PR side, but that's more the Coach McDermott side. Um, you know, he's obviously not a fan of night practices, as we only have two this year. One is the first night of training camp, which is Thursday. And the other is the blue-white scrimmage uh, that's going to take place at the route or at the cap. Um, I believe it's the 11th or the 4th, one of the two. Fourth. Um, yeah, the 4th. So, you know, I mean, McDermott's not a fan of night practices, which is fine. Um, he's obviously a fan of being at home. He doesn't have the freedom to do that this year. He has one practice at the cap, but um, don't be surprised if that starts to shift over 
um, you know, in, in the next couple of years or so as he's the head coach, uh, you know, start to see them migrate more towards Buffalo. I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in Buffalo before the contract with St. John Fisher is up just because a lot of teams seem to be going home for, for training camp a lot more than they were 10, 15 years ago. That's an interesting development, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that practice plays out. Now, you just spoke to something that we heard in the intro. Sean McDermott has a different way of doing things than we've seen here in Buffalo in a while. And you heard in the intro Richie Incognito talking about, you know, how he's learned more about his teammates in the last couple months than he has in the last two years. That kind of speaks to the way Sean McDermott wants to do things. What kind of an impact do you think that's going to have on training camp as a whole? Do you think you? I do mean. Do you think? I mean, we heard statements from guys like Mike Gillisley, who left and went to the Patriots, and then took shots at Buffalo, saying, "Oh, I, you know, here with the Patriots, the one thing I notice is they work harder than any team I've ever been on. They work harder than the teams I was on." So, what do you think the change is going to be with Sean McDermott, or what do you perceive as the differences? that maybe you're going to see in the coming weeks being at training camp? I think, I think the biggest thing that fans are going to notice from last year to this year is structure. Um, you know, Rex Ryan, to a fault, has always been a player's coach. He's been a guy who kind of let his guys go do whatever they want to do. And, you know, practice is kind of not, you know, not that Rex Ryan was unorganized during practice. Obviously, he had position coaches that kind of kept things on track and stuff like that. But, um, even in OTAs, everything seemed much more regimented. It was very much, you know, don't walk between stations, don't walk between drills. Um, you know, the music is playing, which is great, and, you know, because the players can stay focused that way. But you're going to see a lot more discipline. You're going to see a lot more camaraderie, I think, um, between the players because McDermott kind of does a good job of getting them to interact with one another a little bit more frequently and things like that. So it's not surprising that what came out from Gillis Lee and from Richie Incognito came out about Rex Ryan and ultimately the adverse of Richie Incognito and McDermott because it's what we've heard about McDermott since he got hired is that he's a guy who, you know, demands structure and he likes to control things and he doesn't want the players running amok and that's all things that Buffalo has needed for the last few years here. So it'll be a nice change of pace, I think, for fans. Fantastic. I, I'm excited. Chris and I are going to try to make it out to a few of these. It's going to be great. There's going to be a ton of training camp coverage coming over the next couple of weeks. Speaking of training camp coverage. Now, Ryan, you and I, we've been working together closely on this. I want to let you tell everybody about exactly what the huddle is doing right now. What's, I mean, I know you guys, you know, you rebranded after the uh, Bills Fanatics. You, know, you kind of parted ways with them. You rebranded yourselves before the draft show as The Huddle. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Huddle magazine? Yeah, so, I mean, it's been a great opportunity. We got, uh, we've got we been working with Gary over at Rock Sports Network for the last few seasons, um, taking a step aside from being connected with any type of Facebook group uh, previously with Bill's Fanatics. Um, you know, just kind of stepping aside from having a, a social media affiliation, just kind of creating our own brand that's developed into The Huddle and what that's kind of turned into is getting together some of some of the best podcasters in the area you guys uh obviously mario and paul from hashtag sports ryan thomas from the thomas take um richie Bystron, uh you know a lot of guys out there who are kind of looking for an avenue but aren't necessarily looking for you know the structure that would come with working with a rob quinn or um you know who does great work over at the bills wire and eric turner who does great work at cover one 
kind of give a little bit more freedom in terms of what you can write about and things like that. So we created the Huddle Magazine, and I think it's exciting. Um, we had our first issue drop today. Uh, you can find that on rocksportsnetwork.com, R-O-C sportsnetwork.com. Um, you know, you check that out, and we did a training camp preview, a full breakdown. We had some articles about position battles, new front office, uh, new coaching staff, and then player profiles, which is obviously great for people who go to camp. You might not know all the players. A um, little bit of background on some of the guys that we think are going to make the roster and are worth watching in camp. Um, this issue's free. It's a training camp preview, so it's our first time out. We don't want to try to sell <laughs> sell something that people don't know what they're getting yet. So well, we're going to give you a little bit of taste with our, our training camp preview. Um, and it's going to be a, a weekly magazine as the season rolls through. A weekly so, or a yearly subscription is going to be thirty nine ninety nine, uh, right on the Rock Sports Network page. They can subscribe to it, uh, and every week it'll be delivered to your inbox. You'll get the link, click on it. You'll have all the articles from the same guys um, that wrote this training camp preview. Hopefully, some more coming on as we go forward. But we really found a gap in magazine coverage for the Buffalo Bills. You know, obviously there's I mentioned them before. There's guys out there doing great work. Rob Quinn and his team over at, um, you know, the, the Bills Wire, Eric Turner putting out great stuff over at Couple One. You've got, obviously, the, the big media guys writing stories, um, but they're kind of each individual stories where you've got to go out and click on each one to read them. Um, we kind of felt like there'd be a good opportunity to get a one package, a magazine, deliver right to your inbox, sit down and sit on the couch, uh, you know, sit at the tailgate, read the magazine, compact, digital, click on things if you like them, go right to the Twitter pages for the people that wrote things, give you an opportunity to kind of interact with us a little bit more. So we're really excited about the direction it's going. Um, first issue's out. We think it looks great, and uh, we're looking forward to more things to come. And, you know, certainly the partnership with you guys, with Hashtag, with everybody else involved has been, has been excellent. So we're excited about the direction the huddle's going and hopefully bigger things to come. I mean, I'll level with you. Writing with you guys was a creative outlet for me personally. I, I have a degree in journalism. Writing was always what I wanted to do, but I found out after college it doesn't pay the bills. You know, and after having just come from the 50th anniversary of the journalism department at Morrisville State College just this last weekend, I've learned that a lot of guys went into journalism, but the ones who really got into it and stuck with it were the guys who didn't care about the paycheck. And unfortunately, I didn't fall into that category. I genuinely, when you approached me with this opportunity to write for the Huddle magazine, I just viewed it as a chance to scratch that itch to really start writing again because I, I, I just feel like I have a knack for it. Well, I'll tell you this. To all of our listeners, I urge you to go check out the free edition right now of the Huddle magazine over at rocksportsnetwork.com. I wrote a piece uh, basically previewing Lorenzo Alexander. I dug up some stats on him that are really surprising and actually changed my outlook on him coming into this season as far as what he actually is going to contribute to the roster. I know a lot of people were kind of up in the air as to why did we bring this guy back? Oh, he doesn't fit this scheme. I, I learned a lot of interesting stuff just researching him and writing the article. And then I also did a piece on friend of the show, Reed Ferguson, who I didn't know coming into this was the number one rated long snapping prospect in the entire country coming out of high school. I didn't even know that. And it's incredible. I, I've known him since he was born. <laughs> so ultimately, yeah, guys, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a thing until I read your article, Drew. Right? I didn't know there was a long snapper ranking in high school. That, yeah, that was, was kind of cool for me to see. I'll tell you guys, for all of our listeners out there tonight, 
Go check this thing out. It's free. You're going to get a great look at every player on the 90-man roster. You're going to get a little bit of background information. You're going to get some articles that literally outline for you some of the most important storylines of the offseason and some of the biggest things heading into training camp that we think that the casual fan and even some of the more experienced fans need to know. And it's going to be brought to you by a bunch of writers who all have, you know, they've all kind of uh, earned their chops elsewhere. You know, they've kind of sharpened their teeth in other projects. So this isn't just a bunch of rookies trying to write something for the first time. What you're getting is a high-quality product, and that's why they're giving you the first shot for free. It's, it's like anybody, anybody who sells anything productively. You give them the first one for free. Just get them hooked. I, I yeah, just, you got to give them the taste. I, I urge you guys to go check this thing out. Take a look at the work we've done. It's. <laughs> I'm excited to spend my season just, like I said, getting to write. Not just sit here in front of a microphone, but write and really get that, you know, like I said, just scratch that journalistic itch that I've got. Lacell, it's another way for Drew to not fight with his girlfriend. Lacell, <laughs> thank yeah, you. It's an avenue. It's a, thank it's you. a good avenue to get the outlet going and, you know, prevent, um, you know, the wives and parents and friends that don't want to listen to you talk football. It's a good opportunity to get your outlet out there and, and get something down in, in writing. And, you know, certainly if there's anyone out there who's listening, who's got some experience writing or has an urge to try their hand at it reach out to one of us you know we're certainly looking for people to contribute and you know we're not we're not picky in terms of who's contributing if you can write you can give me a a good article in regards to creating a discussion and a dialogue we're certainly open for it so don't feel don't hesitate to reach out to us so ryan where can people find you on social media and uh where can they find uh, i don't know the huddle rock sports network why don't you run it down for me yeah, so we are, um, again, www.rocsportsnetwork.com, rocksportsnetwork.com. we got our weekly show that's going to get going once the season starts rolling um, live on Facebook, uh, Rock Sports Network on Facebook. And then uh, Twitter, you can find me at Ryan Lacell underscore RSN. You can check out my, my partner, Icy Vic, at Icy Vic underscore RSN. And you can check out Rock Sports Network at ROC Sports Net at, on Twitter at Rock Sports Net. So certainly give us a follow and, you know, like I said, more things to come and go out and check out the huddle. We're excited to have you guys read it and give us your feedback. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Sure. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Now, guys, at the beginning of the summer, I told you that, you know, big things were coming. Yeah, I said that and I meant it. When it rains, it pours, and we here at the Rockpile Report are truly blessed because these opportunities that we're getting to coordinate with other people, I mean, it's just incredible. Not only the work I'm doing with Ryan Lacell with those guys at the huddle, but on Monday, July 31st, that's the launch date for Grandstand Sports Network. The best view in sports. <laughs> Between Chris Kruger here, Drew Gear, myself, Eric Turner from CoverOne.net, and a slew of other talented individuals, what we've done is we've put together an expansive network of podcasters and bloggers from around the country and from almost every sports genre. With the vision of bringing our listeners the best in both amateur and professional podcasting and production, the network has built relationships with NFL-affiliated companies. We've got just all kinds of cutting-edge technology that we're going to be partnering up with. It's I, I can't get into the specifics now. You're going to have to wait till the 31st to get all the details. But rest assured, you should be excited about this. It's going to be a it's going to be great for everyone involved. And, and even more so for you guys, the listeners. And then finally, in closing, the Rockpile Report Fantasy Football League. 
There's been some rumblings on the internet, some people questioning my fantasy football prowess, and I gotta say, it's time for the champ to defend the belt. I am offering an opportunity to our listeners. You want to get into a league with us? Here we go. We're going to set it up. It's going to be an ESPN Fantasy Football 12-team PPR league. God damn it. Yahoo's better. (laughs) Chris, myself, and a group of other radio personalities and podcasters are going to play a season of fantasy football with you guys, the listeners. You know, prizes are good. It's free to join. Prizes include gift cards, Rockpile Report swag, and even more stuff. Anybody interested, shoot an email to rockpellreport 716 at gmail.com. Six listeners will be randomly selected, and we will coordinate the details of the draft. Just include your Twitter handle, Instagram handle, some way that we can, or email address, some way we can communicate with you, and we will set this all up. I am confident, I am confident that I will come out on top. But having said that, I, I welcome the opportunity to get to play with some of the people who show up and listen to us every single week. One of those people that probably should be considered, I'm dropping some news, you don't even know this. Kyle Trimble? Kyle Trimble? Kyle Trimble, his testicles work! Him and his wife are pregnant. Woo! Big shout out to our listener, Kyle Trimble. Kyle, if you, if you haven't turned off our nonsense yet, congratulations, brother, on the uh, pregnancy of your wife. Drew, my one question. So it, it comes to the gender reveal. They're having a boy. Do you go Andrew Christopher or Christopher Andrew? <laughs> we will let Kyle decide that. But, folks, it's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of great stuff here. We look forward to hearing back from everybody interested in playing fantasy football. And like I said, Grandstand Sports Network, The Huddle, The Rockpile Report is expanding. We're getting involved in a lot of different stuff, and this season is going to be a lot of fun. You're going to want to stick around. we got to go. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. Big thanks to Ryan Lasel, and this has been The Rockpile Report. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.